This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Thursday the 3rd of February. In your Squiz today, text message trouble for the coalition, sexual assault cases on the rise, burner phones in Beijing, and the invention of the COSC. This is your Squiz today. There's an election in the air, Eliza, so we better get set for political talk to ratchet up a notch or two over the coming months. It's a troubled camp in team coalition with a leaked text exchange allegedly between former New South Wales Premier Gladys Berejiklian and a senior Liberal minister doing the rounds. Prime Minister Scott Morrison was asked about it during his National Press Club address on Monday. Take us through it. So for Prime Ministers over the decades, appearing at the press club has often been an experience to endure rather than enjoy. (laughs) And this week was no different for Scott Morrison. Network 10 political editor Peter Van Onselen read out the text messages to Morrison. He said, quotes, she described you as a horrible, horrible person. He went on to say that Berejiklian didn't trust Morrison, who she characterised as being more interested in politics than people. And then came the real zinger with this unnamed minister who Van Onselen says is a member of Morrison's federal cabinet. They described the PM as a fraud and a complete psycho. Quite the text exchange. Morrison responded at the time that he didn't agree with the character assessment and said, I don't think that's my record. It's been a part of the news cycle for two days now as senior Liberal ministers keep getting asked and they deny that they were part of that alleged text exchange. For Berejiklian's part, she says she has no recollection of text messages like that. As I said, it's all a reminder that we're in an election year. The first news poll for 2022 was released this week and it points to a pretty big loss of support for Morrison. Yeah, it's said that the three top issues of concern for voters are pandemic recovery, the economy and climate change. Probably no great surprises there. But when asked who'd do a better job of handling those, Labor's Anthony Albanese leads Morrison on the pandemic and climate change issues. And we'd say here as a note of concern that polls have been off. They Mm. gave the suggestion that Labor would win the last federal election. That obviously didn't happen. But generally, it's the trend that pollsters look at and the polls have been trending in the wrong direction for the Prime Minister. Yes, as we always say, take the polls with a grain of salt, but still an interesting trend there. There still is as yet no date set for the election, but it has to be done by the 21st of May. So it's coming up in the next couple of months. You were keeping an eye on this one yesterday, Eliza. The defamation trial that Victoria Cross winner Ben Robert Smith has brought against the Sydney Morning Herald, The Age and The Canberra Times over a series of reports from 2018, which he says portray him as a war criminal. A soldier known as Person 41 gave evidence yesterday. It was pretty damning evidence too. This man said he saw Robert Smith instruct another Australian soldier to kill an elderly unarmed Afghan man. That soldier is also expected to give evidence in the trial. Person 41 also testified that he witnessed Robert Smith murder another Afghan man by firing three to five rounds into his back. Uh, Now this evidence marks an important new phase of the defamation trial where the newspapers defend their reporting. They're getting these soldiers to testify under oath to prove that the reports published in 2018 were indeed true. Soldier 41 is still in the military. He was granted a certificate protecting him against any self-incrimination. 
This trial was delayed because of COVID, but it's on its way again now. Plenty of eyes on this one. The Australian Bureau of Statistics has released new data on sexual assaults and convictions. Lots of sobering stats here, Eliza, around the rate of crimes over the last 10 years, how many go to trial and the number of guilty verdicts. It's a pretty tough read, Larissa. The number of sexual assault offenders jumped 13% over that period. 97% of the offenders were men. And most sexual assault cases, about 97% in fact, led to charges being laid and a criminal trial, with 77% of offenders eventually being found guilty. But the statisticians say it's not just a case of the criminal justice system holding more offenders to account. One theory is that more women are coming forward with allegations in the first place. While sexual assault advocacy groups welcomed the findings, they pointed out that more work needs to be done to help victims achieve justice. According to Padma Rahman, Chief Executive of Australia's National Research Organisation for Women's Safety, as many as 87% of women who have experienced sexual assault still don't go to the police. If this has brought up any issues for you, we've put some helpline phone numbers in your episode notes. On to sport now. The Beijing Winter Olympics officially kick off tomorrow with the opening ceremony. It's going to be an interesting one with the diplomatic boycott going on. That's something that Australia is part of. We're not sending any government officials to the Games. And now the FBI have warned US athletes to take burner phones with them to China to prevent against any cyber attacks. Yeah, and while there's no specific cyber attack that we know of, the FBI wants athletes to be vigilant and do things like use temporary phones, burner phones, or if they are going to use their personal devices, to wipe them of personal data. Now, the Australian Olympic Committee is watching this all really closely. They've advised our athletes to use the internet from inside the Olympic Village. One of our medal hopefuls, Laura Peel, isn't too worried. She says she's been to China before and used a VPN and it's all been fine. Uh, Now, the Olympic ceremony is on tomorrow night about 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. But some competition got underway last night. Our mixed doubles curling pair, Tali Gill and Dean Hewitt, went down to the Americans in a really tight finish. I do love watching a bit of curling, I've got to say. (laughs) They made history as the first Aussies to compete in the sport. While we're on the Winter Olympics, Eliza, it's the topic of this week's Squiz Shortcut. You have a special guest joining you this week. Drum roll. Sport Today's <laughs> resident expert, Sam Ferris, is back on Shortcuts. <laughs> you don't get this kind of analysis every week, so tune in. We take yeah. a wander down memory lane to our favourite Winter Olympic moments. We consider how the political tensions and COVID are affecting the vibe on the ground. Then it's back to the sport. Who's who? I know many have been wondering what to do with their time now the tennis is over. Well, you can replace <laughs> your Grand Slam with the slalom. I think we've got about 16 hours of content every day coming at us if you want to watch it via the app on the TV. Yeah, so much Winter Olympic sport. And the Sport Today (laughs) team will be there to bring you the Beijing Blitz, a little summary of what's happening with the Games. But to get you set up, search for Squiz Shortcuts in your podcasting app and check out that episode with Eliza and Sam. This story is not quite Olympics level, but a new study has found that walking for an extra 10 minutes a day can boost your life expectancy. 10 minutes a day, Eliza, it sounds pretty doable. 
This is the health advice we can all get around, don't you reckon? (laughs) This study was conducted by America's National Cancer Institute and Centers for Disease Control. It looked at data from exercise trackers and death rates for thousands of adults. So they factored in things like diet, age, and then lifestyle sins like smoking. And it found that even a little bit of physical activity could prevent more than 111,000 deaths every year. Of course, we've heard versions of this before, but this study really brings a bit more heft to the data collection. And of course, the more you do, the more deaths that are prevented. I think 30 minutes a day of gentle exercise is about the official guidelines, but uh, clearly every bit counts, even 10 minutes. I think I can manage that. (laughs) Before we head off, a mention for a questionable COVID invention. We're all pretty used to face masks, but a South Korean company has released the COSC, Eliza. Please explain. Well, this is a tricky one. Think of a bandana meets N95 mask that wraps across Mm -hmm. your nose. It's perhaps a little less restrictive than the full N95. It kind of allows you to eat while having some protection against the viral nasty. So um, when you finish eating, the cosk actually becomes a full mask again. So it's taken off in South Korea and the ko apparently is the Korean word for nose. And they've Mm -hmm. matched that with the usk from mask. Hence, cosk. Cosk. Gotcha. Right. Well, a nose-only mask. Uh, Not sure it's going to take off here, but definitely a sign of these COVID times, that's for sure. That's about all from us today. If you are enjoying the way we do the news here at The Squiz, we'd love it if you could leave us a review in your podcasting app or tell your people about us. Your recommendations are the number one way that we grow, and we're super grateful for each and every one of them. We also have a Squiz Today newsletter where you can get more details on all of the stories we cover here on the pod as well as links to everything. You can find that at thesquiz.com.au to sign up. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back with you tomorrow. <laughs>